with audio. Wait, you brought the same song. Yes, Chris baits me every time, and 90% of the time he gets me on it. And he got me on it again today, but now I don't swear. Hmm, That's a good call. That's a good call. Chris, did you know that one good thing about music is when it hits you, you feel no pain? Oh, that's fascinating to think about. Yeah, Bob Marley. That's a Bob Marley quote Hmm. back in the day. We love a little Bob Marley. I think he said Uh, the same thing about weed. Yeah, but that's probably not true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the greatest song you never heard podcast. Uh, A podcast that brings you music that you likely never heard before. Ah, yeah, you're going to have the occasional um, fanatic that loves the band or the artist or, or an occasional flub by one of the you know co-hosts bringing up Traveling Wolfberries tune <laughs> that virtually everybody's heard, including all the 90-year-olds that live on this earth. Uh, but in general, you're not going to get any of those songs. This is a podcast where, for instance, today... My good friend, Chris Cochran, is bringing a song that I have no idea of the song, Mm. and he just sent me the lyrics. That's true. And so uh, I will be hearing this for the first time, like most, if not all of you. Chris, welcome today. How are things going? They're still on the East Coast. You haven't uh, moved down to the Bahamas or anything yet? No, I have not. I'm still here in central New York. I'm living in a little town called Little Falls, New York. And as of the day of this recording, in November, uh, who knows when this will come out, but in November, it's 64 (laughs) degrees today, which is not too bad. How far away is Buffalo, New York? Or excuse me, not Buffalo, New York. How far away is uh, the Canadian border from where you are now? Uh, it depends on, like, if you just travel north or want to go to a major city, about two hours-ish. Uh, when's the last time, not the last time, the second to last time you were in Canada? Maybe it was the last time. Did you go to Toronto? I did. The last time I was in uh, Canada was I went to Toronto for the uh, Mariners' first playoff game in 21 in years. 8,000 years. And did you see a fan there in Toronto? I, a Chris, a, was it Toronto? Yes. Which a, fan? A, it's a, a Chris Cochran fan, not a Mariners fan, an actual, oh, oh someone oh. who is fanboying you. That was uh, actually in August when we went through, uh, we went to go meet uh, a fan of my former podcast, uh, the CarCast, uh, Barry Locke and his wife, Kathleen, who are just fabulous people. And we met them. And uh, yes, they used to be fans of my old show back when <laughs> podcasting first came out, like 2004, 2005-ish time frame. Is there still a website, the CarCast website? Uh, it's up and running, but the it the WordPress site is so old that it's irreparably broken. And so Uh-oh. the only way that I can actually... You can't even update that. No, I can't update it. I can't log into it. It's still there, and all the like files are there. So you could go there, and I'll, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll put a link to a random uh, podcast from there yeah. in, in the notes for this one. I think that would be great. That's kind of where I was leading on this. Uh, throw a link, a uh, CarCast link in there. Yeah, and um, those actually have some music from Seattle in them. Every episode had a song from a Seattle band. Yeah, back in the day, you used to actually drive. Which yes. You, you was like uh, uh, driving with Chris, or what did you call that? The CarCast. 
Yeah, where you would be in your car recording. Yeah. There was one episode I listened to, maybe the only episode I listened to, where you got a phone call in the middle. <laughs> and all you hear is one one half of the conversation. It's like, well, hang on one sec. Hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, um, he was supposed to be. And it's like. <laughs> that is about as live as you get. That's awesome. Dude, well, it was back in the day and we didn't have the technology we had now. We didn't have ubiquitous sure. internet. We didn't have a lot of things. So I literally had the old white uh, iBook on Mac, you know, and uh, for a while. Right. And then I bought a new one. And I, we actually had a contest for someone to give my new iBook or my new MacBook a name. Uh, and, and Brian Page won. His name was Meggie, like megahertz. And so Maggie would sit next to me in the car and I would have this wired headphones running through a USB uh, microphone adapter to the, to the thing. And I had special software that was released just for podcasting back then that gave me keyboard shortcuts. So my opening, my outro, the songs, everything else would be like me reaching over and fumbling and hoping I'm hitting the right key to play the next little clip. And then... Um, we at once in a while I would have someone call in and I had a mold, mold Motorola StarTac and I could put it on speakerphone awesome. and hold it up to the microphone and it sounded like oh my they God. were there with me in the car. So uh, back in the day it wasn't don't text and drive it was don't record podcasts and yes. drive at the same time. Yes, and then and, Adam uh, Carolla so you came. said go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I was going to say um, so he named it Meggie. Yes, as in megahertz and. Yeah, and so uh, when this fell asleep, you would say, wake up, Maggie. I, I think I got just... something to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> that bad. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, what were you going to say about Adam Carolla? Oh, Everyone's Adam favorite. Carolla came along and started his own podcast called The CarCast about cars. And to this Son day, I still own thecarcast.com, and he has never asked for it. And really? I would sell it to him, but I bet you would. Yeah. And Adam could probably afford a, to, to sell, you know, I mean, I'd sell it for less than 10,000. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's chump change for Adam. Uh, very, very true. Well, Phil, oh. we're getting off track, but we've got a song to play today that I yes. am super excited to bring you. Uh, this well, is that's one of weird. my... You're never this excited. Well, I yeah, that's true. Uh, but I'm really excited. This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs like ever. I listen to it at least once a week uh, on accident. And every time it comes on, I fall in love with it over and over again, just like the first time I heard it, which is... That is a, a sign of a very, very good song. It is. It is. Are you ready for today? song? I can't wait. I really can't wait. I need, need to start this now.
You know, I was saying a couple of weeks ago how I uh, just I feel music and I know when the ending's coming. I wanted to I, test that theory out. Well, it came really fast this time. I knew it was coming, but I was writing notes. I was diligently writing notes and I didn't want to lose my uh, thought, which okay. can happen really, really, really easy for me. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> uh, you didn't have to agree with it, but that's cool. Uh, so. I am super curious what about the song you love because you being a lyrical guy, I did have something in there, uh, the lyrics, which I I thought was pretty interesting. Anyway, here are the notes I wrote down real quick. First of all, I want to call this Big Jet Plane. Um, I also want to say I love the strings in this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I am a sucker. Like, you're a sucker for a little bit of Zydeco. Yes. I'm a sucker for songs that start melancholy. Yes. And then and then it's like, oh, we need to flip the switch on. It's not even build up. It's just like, boom, drums hit. And I wouldn't call them heavy drums, but they were there. Yeah. And bass hits and, and all of that right away. And it really, it's kind of like... You set the table. It's like Thanksgiving dinner, Chris. You're setting the table, and everyone's waiting. And then after grace, everyone starts digging in. That's when those drums kicked in with the bass. Mm. And Mm -hmm. it kind of sent the song off and going. It's like setting things up and then kicking things off. And so I kind of like that. The bridge is was my is one of my favorite parts when he breaks down and says, "Wanna hold you in my arms, take you away from harm," and it kind of goes, da, 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 and it ah oh, gets me every single time. You're right. This song isn't my typical like favorite song for the same reasons as everything else. It's one of those songs that 
I the it's the feeling I get when I listen to the song. That's why I like it. And the person or people rather who are singing this, it makes it even more interesting uh, to me. And so I just I, I love this song. There's not anything about this song I don't like, even though the lyrics are a little shallower than normally I would be looking to. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you what I don't like about this song. OK, so I want to touch on what you just said, that line going to hold you gonna kiss you in my arms gonna take you away from harm now i i listen to that i'm like can a can a hold and a kiss take someone away from harm no but a big jet plane can yes a big jet plane can but i think if we put a definition of harm as um discomfort Hmm. A, a good hold and a good kiss and just that embrace can take you away from a discomfort or a stress or a depression, all sorts of negative emotions. Hmm. Uh, when you get that, yes, it can transport and transcend, I yeah. believe. Can I? And so the plane, of course, can take you out of harm. Well, it's but. funny that the. That plane, and I never thought about it until just now, that plane can be metaphorical, right? That, to your point, right. it doesn't have to be a physical plane to take you somewhere, uh, right. to take you away from harm or take you away from uh, discomfort or things that are bad for you. It can be as simple as uh, a love love from someone else, you know, which is an interesting thought. Can I play you yeah, a different I, version of this song? Yes, please. club and jump around and like be the DJ guy who's like it's big in the DJ nobody can see this but you can feel it's big in the DJ world for the DJ to go yeah like wave their arms around to the beat and everything anyway I, or I just, it could have been an cool SNL uh, sketch where they're in the car and banging their head against <laughs> the side window <laughs> it's that be. it's that beat right yeah so I think the other thing I like about this song is um, I, I've been waiting to bring this up for three weeks now. Uh, recently, the Beatles just released a new album. Uh, it's a super deluxe version of um, Revolver. And, and did they all uh, play on it? <laughs> yes, they did. So what they did was um, George Martin's son took all the original tapes from the Beatles' Revolver Sessions 
went into a studio, recorded with software every single element of every single song and digitized it so that you wow. had every track. And, and then even sometimes where they had overdubbed and didn't have the original tracks, they, he, they isolated each individual sound on every single song. And then he remixed it to 2020 standards. However, the way he did it, it doesn't feel like a 1960s song, but it doesn't feel like it was recorded in 2022 either. It feels very contemporary to the time frame, And in doing so, uh, it's, it's a fascinating... In fact, if you get a chance to listen to it, there's a version of Yellow Submarine. Can, can, it has nothing to do with the song, but should we play it? Sure, why okay. not? Let me, let me play Our for podcast. you. Uh, then I'll get into this, uh, this song here in just a second. But... Um, this is from the super deluxe version of uh, Revolver, and this is, it's a five disc set. And this version of Yellow Submarine is what's called the Songwriting Working Tape Part One. So this was John Lennon, like just putting down his ideas for the In Yellow the Submarine. Place where I was born. just keeps going like this but the the crazy reason i bring this up is because i started doing a deep dive into the songs from revolver and one of the songs that was written in the revolver sections uh sessions but were not released on revolver was paperback writer and the whole reason that paul mccartney and john lennon wrote paperback writer was they wanted to see if they could write a song that only had one chord in it and so they stay in the key of C Ow. for the entire. And if you think about it, you never crosses your mind that it's like, Sir, uh, Madam, can you read my book? And it's just one song. And they, they failed because they go paperback writer, which drops to the G. And then they go back into the C. And, they, and so this song reminds me a lot of that. It's not lyric. It's not going a lot of places. And the lyrics don't actually like help it that much like paperback writer is very interesting uh, but it does have this weird like you don't you lose the fact that it's not really going anywhere because of all the right. other things that are going on in the song if that makes sense well all they had to do was really um, listen to ACDC and they would hear what it's like to have a song written in one maybe two chords yeah so, yeah so this uh, song is so called... this is revolver super deluxe yes uh, and uh, I have that pulled up on my Spotify now for later listen. Listen to it with headphones uh, on because the mix on it, it is so spectacular. It is just incredible. And by the way, before you get on today's song real quick, um, as you were describing this whole thing with the Beatles and all this and the and all the archives of, of um, recordings, I think that there was at some point early on a thought that the Beatles were just a band that just got lucky and threw out some songs and people were in the right state of mind to accept those songs, uh, even as controversial as it may have been uh, below the waist mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, but. They were very, very serious musicians that we actually saw mature from the the outset all the way through their, you know, how many years? Um, yeah. Uh, eight? 
No, well, well, more than that, because they officially started in like 59 was when they started. Okay, I was thinking kids. more like 64, 62, but yeah, so I, a good 10, 11, 12 years anyway. Yeah. Um, that's a very short period of time, and they matured before our very ears, essentially. And the seriousness in which they took their music, I think, is evident by what you just said when you're looking at all of those different recordings and and the and the time just all of those recordings yeah um, and, and what's and, fascinating too is if you've watched the get back documentary you will see that like john lennon is a phenomenal guitarist you don't think of john lennon right. as a great guitarist you don't think right. of, of of paul mccartney he's a good bass player but you don't think about it until you see him sitting there and doing like he's he's playing a walking bass um, on paperback writer, uh, if you listen to the bass line, it's this crazy bass line that you're like, how is he doing that and singing at the same time? But they did, right? right? And then they would go play this live on, they, they did paperback writer live on uh, five or six different television shows. Uh, and you can find them on YouTube. And, and they're just so talented uh, musicians that it, you just forget how good they are because they're the Beatles and you just, it's like, going, well, you know, Mozart was a pretty good musician too. Yeah, <laughs> and Beethoven wrote some pretty, you know, decent, uh, you know, yeah. music as well. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> today's song, okay. by the way, we're off yes. topic, but today's song is called Big Jet Plane. You are correct. It's oh, from a group called Angus and Julia Stone. Uh, they are an Australian brother-sister duo who recorded this song. Actually, Angus recorded this song on an EP in 2009. It never went anywhere. He and his sister re-recorded it in 2010 as Angus and Julia Stone. And this was actually the third single off this album and was not the biggest hit that they did off this album in Australia. I first heard this song uh, at the end of a movie called Romantics Anonymous, which was a French film. And it was one of those French romantic comedies that you watch and you're just, it's a feel good comedy. And at the end, this song played and I, my jaw dropped and I'm like, ah, oh, this is an amazing song. And I, and I found it immediately and became a huge fan. So and, and like so many songs that so many people, uh, the story behind it, you hear a song and that vaults you into doing some deep dives on the artist and really listening to the whole uh, catalog. Yes. Uh, you do that very well. I not so much, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, st I'm starting to get back into doing that, which rather than listen to like, um, the Spotify radio that they pull up or just yeah. a, a particular artist actually started to listen to albums again. Oh. So all the way through, because that's really the way uh, music, I think music was meant to be listened to from an artist. Yes. You, they put out an album. It doesn't have to be a themed album or anything. It's an album of a collection of songs that they put together um, and hoping one or two or three would actually catch fire yes uh but the other songs are are some of them are better than the hits because mm -hmm. you know pop music it's like pop culture uh popular is i think many times superficial i just and, listened to an interview with uh death cab for cutie Mm. And they just released a new album. It's it's one of my favorite albums from them. I absolutely like, I love them a lot, not just because they're a Seattle band, but I've liked them for years. And this new album, there's not a bad song on the album. And it was interesting in listening to them 
talk about how they wrote this album and what they would do is every Monday there's five members of the band every Monday one of the members would record something and be required to submit it to the other five members and they had a daisy chain and so what would happen is you were allowed you would like maybe it would be just a guitar riff or a lyric or something like that you would upload it to Dropbox and then the next guy in line would take that piece and they had carte blanche to do anything they wanted with it but they had to add something to it and then submit it to the next one and so by the end of five days the week they would have a song that five of them had collaborated on independently but yet together and it has created some of the greatest songs that they've ever done uh, just because they were working on it collaboratively and it forced them to operate in a way that they had never done before because typically Ben Gibbo would write something on his guitar or a piano with some lyrics coming in bass guy would do his part guitar guy would do this part like all that and it forced them to do something radically different and it created better music and you wouldn't know that if you just listen to the singles they released because some of the better songs on that album I don't think are going to be released as singles. That's absolutely, you know, it's thinking outside the box creatively, right? Yep. Yep. And one of the worst, uh, you know, we've had this conversation before in terms of uh, frontmen or singers. I like a band that's got multiple singers uh, because I think you can do more with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, our society likes to get locked into something. It's like, I can't believe you let that member sing. But in this case, everyone's collaborating on it. I love the idea. Um, I'm guessing they rotate who gets to start it off. Yes. That's even better. But it's kind of like that uh, kids game at parties where it's called telephone, where you whisper a little secret in one ear and it goes all the way around the table. And then you, you you wonder how different it's going to be at the very end. Yep. Uh, musically, this is fantastic. I'll be looking that album up for sure because that's pretty fun. There's a song on it that I wanted to bring that I was like, this is going to be one of the greatest songs no one's ever heard. And then they released it as a single. So oh. <laughs> yeah. everyone's heard it now. I, I don't exactly understand why they do that, but yeah. Well, you know, they got to get people playing something and singing songs together, I guess, but... Sometimes you just don't have enough to make an album, but you want to keep your name out there and something can be so good. Yeah. Well, the Beatles did this a lot. So Paperback Writer was never released, even though it was recorded at the same time as the rest of Revolver album. It doesn't appear on Revolver. In fact, it never gets released on a full length album until a Greatest Hits album uh, in 1970. Wow. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Paperback Writer. What's the name? What's the name of what's what? the name of that uh, the Death Cab for Cutie album? Um, it is called. You'd think I would know. It. I've been listening to it like incessantly. Uh, is it Asphalt Meadows? Asphalt Meadows, yes. Beautiful. So That's so we, good. So you know, our little podcast gives we over deliver. I think we we give um, information not only on the song of the day, yep, or the week, but we embellish with other music. So I like it. I like it a lot. I think we're we're on to something here, Chris. We I, should just continue this going. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> uh, and if you have, if anybody has any comments, please reach out to us. You could just go to our website. Screw that whole social media crap. And uh, at thegreatestsongyouneverheard.com on Facebook, the greatest song you never heard on Twitter. We are at gsynh podcast. Uh, Chris, this was a fantastic song. Thank you. I loved it. Up and down, sideways, in and out. Um, 
You did well. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. And if people want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you have a favorite song no one's ever heard. In fact, it's funny. I was just mentioning today somebody. I said, I got to record a podcast. He goes, well, what's your, is your podcast interesting? And I go, I don't know, but I sure have a lot of fun doing it. And then I told them the premise of the podcast, and they were like, that does sound interesting. So everybody's got those songs that they think are the best songs ever that no one else has ever heard. Send what's, us your favorite song yeah, no one's exactly. ever heard. What's that person's name? Uh, his name is Michael Schiotti. Michael, what do you think? Is this okay? If you made it to the end, yeah. let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will see you, hear you, talk to you next time on the greatest song you've never heard podcast. Podcast.